1: They're sitting at the 20, maybe just outside. Winston to the end zone for Godwin and a touchdown. Of course, right now they got him stacked in tight. They run it and the ball is out. What's the call? No signal yet. Looked like it might have been a safety. The officials get together. Keekley was there. Safety. Direct snap. They fake the toss. McCaffrey. Depends where they put it. What a play by Hargraves out on the edge, and he did not get it.
2: And there you have it. The Bucks get the big stop at the goal line, clinching a 20 to 14 win over the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte, a huge win for the Bucks in the division on the road and a really tough setback for the Panthers who fall to Owen 2 Dan Hansis with the rest of the Around the NFL podcast here at Westsylvania. Is that what? It, where did we come down on?
3: What did we get? Westchester,
2: Pennsylvania. West oh, no, Albania? it was the Westeros thing, but that might not age well. No, no, pop culture. Westeros
4: did not play well on uh, Twitter, if that matters West to you. West Haven. West Haven. You know, we should go to the
2: subreddit and let give them choices and and have a vote. Well, we'll get back to that. Anyway, 2014, <laughs> Bucks over the Panthers. Greg, this was not a pretty game. This is not—and, you know, you think every game's great. I yeah, know I that, like football. But, it's fun. Uh, but not all football is quality football to watch. This had a weather delay. This had some officiating— high jinks, and it had some really choppy play offensively.
5: Yeah, not a pretty game, and you're right. The the pacing was rough at times, but there were moments. I'm going to remember this game because of the way it ended. It was close throughout. It was tense. I enjoyed it, and I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be kicking himself. I think he's going home tonight pretty disappointed he didn't make a play there. I, there's a lot of talk, and it's very emblematic that the Panthers didn't run Cam Newton Uh, at the goal line, but they haven't been doing it for two games, and that's partly killed him. Like He's been a negative. He fumbled the ball. But Christian McCaffrey's got to make that play. If the coaches know he's out on the edge versus Vernon Hargraves, one-on-one, and he's got to get a yard and a half, I think most running backs will look at that play, and they think you got to lower your shoulder and get the first down.
3: they got to win that game. Playing at home on Thursday night football after losing their first game, they've got to win that game against Mm. a team that's not very
4: good, frankly. I mean, you go – on the road now, three of the next four weeks, and they have a very spicy rematch when we're in London. We get to see part two of this epic clash. You know, <laughs> we've done, the, the four of us have done uh, a lot of things together, we spent a lot of hours, uh, thousands of hours together uh, over hours. the past, you know, seven or eight years, been in a lot of different places, some very exotic locations. Tonight's time spent together is at the top of my list because wow. the game we watched was. <laughs> To me, just a back and forth clash, where I wanted to find one quarterback that actually wanted to seize this game and win it, and it felt for a long period of time that that's not the case. My one thing that lingers in my head, if I'm a Panthers fan, for all to get away from the ins and outs of the of this thing. What is the experience with Cam Newton from now until the end? Are they ever going to actually be anything other than sort of the same team year after year? I struggle mm. to buy into that and on the Bucks side from a scheduling angle, they don't play a home game now until November 10th.
2: Here is wow. and that that will be a challenge for the Bucks, so good thing they won tonight. Uh here is Cam's stat line. 25 of 51 For 333 yards, six and a half yards per attempt. He was sacked three times, and again, here's the biggest stat, the one that jumps out at you: uh, two rushes, zero yards. Uh, The one design running play that I remember, he fumbled on and lost the fumble. And when you, if now we're two weeks in, and he's not, that's not a part of his game, and you're just wondering if this is now all part of the plan, Keep keep Cam healthy, but. The problem with that is you're taking away what made him special because he's certainly not, Wes, a special passer. And as he reaches his, 30, his age 30 season, things are not getting better on that front. He missed so many throws today, and it really made the difference in this game.
3: Well, I think he, arguably the greatest dual threat quarterback of all time. So much of his value has been in running, like you said. But it feels like, to me, this is a process that we're seeing, and It might cost people's jobs to be patient, but you can't just expect him to be this guy right away, and if you listen to the broadcast last week, he's working on his mechanics again, something he's needed to do, but it just feels like we're in an in-between phase, and the results aren't there.
5: Well, his arm's not right. I mean, he he used to have maybe the strongest arm in the league, and tonight he was under-throwing a number of throws. I defended him. I thought at least a few throws last week, it looked like the old Cam, and I wasn't really that worried, but... His arm tonight was a problem. I mean, anyone but, I mean, that watched that game, he didn't look like Cam Newton. It was a little depressing. I'm just hoping it's something. Yeah, he can come out. There with. were a
4: couple throws where, where Aikman, you know, announced uh, to everyone watching that that's a throw that shows you his shoulder is absolutely fine. But then you're watching other stuff happen where you're thinking this is not even. You know, and Newton has always been a bit skittish. I think well, it, it, it was not. He's not all the way sometimes there. Sometimes
5: the game comes down to Darrell Williams who couldn't block Shaq Barrett. To say yeah, to That, the that was kind of the well, difference in the game. Daryl like Williams, Williams with a negative lock-
4: 408 PFF score coming <laughs> you, off of like that Zach game. Zach Barrett
5: anyway. ended that game. Shaquille Barrett,
2: the, the biggest play of the game to me, and it showed off, yes, that Barrett was a wrecking crew in this game, but also questions about Cam. It was fourth and one. Barrett comes free on a blitz right at Cam. It's right near midfield. Curtis Samuel gets behind the defender. And Cam, yes, it's a tough situation because the pass rusher is coming right at him. But he needs to get it out and put some into it and he couldn't do it. He threw, he scattered it left and threw it short. And you just wonder if the cam that went to Super Bowl 50. That throw ends up being right on the money. Hmm. Panthers take the lead, and it's a whole different game we're talking about right now. I I'm very nervous. Uh, I'm I'm a Cam fan. I, I I like I like his playing style. Uh, what we've seen through the years. I don't know if that guy's coming back right now. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But Panther fans have right to hit the panic button.
4: I'm with you. And then I the one thing about the Bucks that that concerns me a little bit is that and and Greg, you you put this well when we were sitting out there watching it. That even though there's a whole new coaching staff here. The DNA of past Bucks teams seems to have lingered on, and they and they feel offensively, very yeah. offensively. They feel very similar, except to, we come into a game where OJ Howard didn't get a single target tonight, and I, I he's one of the premier weapons at the tight end position. Yeah, that can't and, happen. You know, we we joked. It's like, did did Bruce Arians? Ride back into the NFL. This tough decision, this career thing to ride Peyton Barber (laughs) endlessly—is this was this your master plan as the Bucks' offensive mind? I like they just seem to me to have all the same issues and nothing new to them. They're less explosive than they were last year. Far
5: better. Todd Bowles is having a great season. I mean, they didn't have a two-game stretch like this in the last four years. So to them, any win is beautiful to get it on the road, and they're going to have to improve as they go. Jameis had three or four unbelievably good throws this tonight, week. but he also still had a, a bunch of clunkers. He had a pass that could have been intercepted. If, if Brashad Perriman catches that pass in the end zone, or there was another throw down the field that they dropped from him. That was beautiful. You know, they, they win this Followed game by a little more. Field goal. That, he he that was pass. the better quarterback by far, but it, it wasn't like it. We've seen this. I yeah, mean, you're still getting
4: like the this. Winston though that is is doing figure eights in the you know 18 yards behind the pocket and then just holding on to the ball and Brian Burns taking him to the ground hey, like he's, he's looking for Todd Easter eggs in the grass. I had, well,
2: you don't see him happy. He's he's a statue on on the <laughs> sidelines, but he he had a really nice night. And last Thursday, another Jets defensive ex-Jet, uh, Mike Pettin, had a really good Thursday. Um, so there's some connection there. Um,
4: We're at the point where both of those coaches are ex-Browns, too, so well, it's very true. disturbing. <laughs> so All right.
2: There you go. And the less that's said about the officiating in this game, the better. We don't have time to get into it anyway, but, my God, uh, I know they're doing their best, but a game that was already – Besides Greg's opinion on this was not an Sully all-time was, classic. Sully was here; he liked it too.
5: Oh, we have just like we were the
2: the it the way that game got bogged down at the end with the ridiculous spot and then going to the challenge, uh, checking where the ball should be spotted after the face mask. It, it just killed the momentum of what was already a shaky game, and they got to be better. And there was that pass interference call, which, again, and Mike Pereira, I think, kind of nailed it that. What are we doing here? It's it's a situation where all right, you don't call pi, but there is a penalty on the play, but it's not built into the rule. Uh,
4: Fans are had, rushing
3: through the hourglass. Had,
4: yeah, we had Brassy here, who is someone know an NFL employee, and she mentioned that during that elongated final minutes of the game, that she could have given birth to three children. <laughs> Seems I'm not sure factually that checks out, but uh, that was her claim.
2: All right, there you go. That is our recap of Panthers and Bucks, and next time they play, yes, we will be in London. Uh, live to see it all hopefully it's a better game mm. uh all right we have all of the week two games to look forward to now in preview so let's get to
1: it now The Around the NFL podcast has started wearing underwear again. (laughs) Welcome
2: to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. A video show live on NFL.com, streaming Uh, every Thursday, this is going to be the case. Very cool. I think it will migrate to YouTube at some point, Mark, as well. Please Uh, say yes. I
4: I certainly am the one that knows the uh, production schedule elements and future plans for this show.
2: Yeah, some some changes to how we're doing things on Thursday. Of course, we unveiled the draft last week. Uh, We're going to have this live video show every Thursday. And also... A, a, you know, genius idea from one of the top shadowy league figures, Mark hmm. Brady, we're going to start dropping the Thursday preview show early. So you have a chance to check out uh, our previews earlier. Thursday, if you like, and then we'll tack on that Thursday Night Football mm. to the same episode. You can come back to it
4: uh, if you want to see Only that Only took us well. seven or eight years to come up with that expedited <laughs> not that that complicated. Thursday so, so, Yeah,
5: if you're a fan, then you have to come back on Friday morning and, and listen to that topic. Give
4: us that click again, too. Why get not? That second click and a lot of love. One thing there. I love about the video show is they drop in these these revised headshots that are a year old at this point, yeah. but you get that Wes look with, I can't tell because it's black and white, but sort of a flower, fl- frilly type shirt yes. under a very expensive looking cardigan or sweater arrangement. Yes. And there's another one today, so the yes. guy's on fire.
3: It's just a free T-shirt that was thrown into the crowd mm. at I'm London. I'm talking more about this. Oh, okay. this yeah, the video really, benefit yeah, this is, is nice. more
5: just to like watch Dan's awkwardness when Wes and I are fighting. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> that helps get too. how uncomfortable he is. Like Thanksgiving it always makes dinner. me feel bored, because I'm always feeling fine, and then I look at Dan, I was like, oh, is, is something going wrong? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, everything's okay. We went down to the lab and sorted it all out. Uh, yes, this is our week- Two preview, and we're going to get to all the games to be played on Sunday and Monday. And yes, there is just absolutely horrendous Jets news, of course, re- revolving Sam Darnold, which is a really a disgrace. I mean, let's be honest here—that uh, <laughs> Jets fans have to deal with this stuff—and um, we'll get to that in time. Uh, but what we're going to do here is go through all the games, and as we did last week, uh, we're going to do a draft. I want to make one rule change, okay? Because it never made sense. To I like
4: be- that you're bringing up this live on the show.
2: Well, okay, you let's... could disagree with it, but it, I think it's a good idea. We
4: don't vote in rule changes as a group. You just make them on your own <laughs> willy-nilly. That's how this show I happens. thought it would go over like this. Please.
2: Rule change. <laughs> um, there's no sense drafting these primetime games, I, as we I was thinking out.
4: that yes. as I was showering before coming here. So That's we'll, what I was we'll pull
2: them out shower. of the draft process, and we'll just do them at the end. Sounds it's like, good. it's not my idea. I don't no. like it. No,
4: I like had it, the same thought independently. It's a freebie and you're essentially getting out. It's work that all four of us will yeah. carry the load it's on. Basically and so,
5: saving Wes from making horrible mistakes again, like he did on the draft last week.
4: Oh, I think it turned out well for me. <laughs> You've also sabotaged my plan to pick the Thursday, or the, the the Monday night game and Sunday night game first.
3: Yes. That was a lower
4: yeah. workload.
2: That was, um, yeah, that was calculated as well. Good idea. All right. Now, uh, let's get it going. Greg, you were the only one to drop a hero pick successfully yesterday. How about that? Last, Last week. week.
5: Oh, to get it right. Yeah. yeah.
2: You were the only one to nail it.
5: Had the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings the who
2: absolutely steamrolled Atlanta. Uh, Mark and I had our hearts broken by our local teams. Oh, kind of a local team to Mark in his heart, at least. Uh, Wes, you supported who?
3: The Broncos. Oh,
2: man. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. But Greg did. Last time I do that. Greg nailed it. And his reward as the only one to get a hero pick in week one is he has the number one overall pick as we begin the preview process. Dig in, Rosie.
5: All right. My strategy here is simple. I'm going to treat myself with whatever game Tony Romo has. Looked it up. It's Chiefs Raiders. It's a 405 game. Okay. But it's very intriguing because this Raiders team is coming off. What had to be one of the best nights this organization's had since the last time John Gruden was their their coach. I mean, at this point, everything feels a little possible for them. Like, the only way for them to go right now is down. They achieved the platonic ideal of a a John Gruden offense in that game. Their defense was flying around. Vontez Berfic played so well that Chris Wesseling wrote nice things about him on NFL. What? um, In a a nice article uh, on transformed players. And now they get the Chiefs in their building. And, and the come down kind of started already this week. Jonathan Abrams, their safety, uh, is going to miss some time, uh, miss the entire season with the shoulder surgery. That stinks. And, and that takes some physicality away. And I do worry when I look at this Raiders defense that energy is great. But where are the players? Where are the difference makers? Where's the pass rush? And I'm at the point with Patrick Mahomes that unless you have an absolutely elite defense, or or a Rams-type offense or an organization like the Patriots, I'm assuming Patrick
4: Mahomes just wins every week. But that's what it's going to take to beat Patrick. It's a safe way to go. And, I mean, we talk about, and it's because it happens, that offenses don't really translate from year to year because maybe they change schematically or maybe injuries or new players or players lost throw everything into a weird soup. But watching the Chiefs last week, the big plays are still there, and you were playing the Jaguars, and they, the Jaguars did not have their act together in the secondary. They left guys wide open. Sammy Watkins, wide open. Travis Kelsey, wide open. And if you're not going to get to Patrick Mahomes, and he's got a prairie land and eight seconds to run around and scan the whole field, he's going to absolutely savage you. And my one concern for Oakland is whenever you come off, a primetime, emotion-filled game where you kind of used up everything in the tank to blow up everyone's expectations of you and form a new narrative like they did. We're talking about them in much different tones. It's hard, I think, in the NFL to go out the next week and do it again, and against the Chiefs especially, It's a who great, savaged Oakland in two games last year.
2: It's a great test for the new theory, at least for the old Zeuser, that the Raiders are going to be frisky at home this year.
5: I think they could be frisky in this um,
2: though. Because... We saw what KC does. This is a team, especially when the conditions are ideal as they are in early September, they're going to travel well, and they're going to score points uh, regardless of where they are at Arrowhead. They're deadly on the road. They're deadly. Uh, so yeah, it does make a lot of sense that this is a come down to earth game for the Raiders and losing Jonathan Abram, who was really a likable guy on hard knocks. So you, you hate to see a kid like that get struck down in week one. Uh, I would imagine this is a pretty safe pick for the the Chiefs here, Wes.
3: Well, I thought before Tyreek Hill went down and before Patrick Holmes suffered his own injury that he played through, his first half was one of the best halves of football he's ever played. It It was incredible, and nobody talked about it because of, I think, the injuries that happened after that game but uh, Mahomes was just on fire and unstoppable in this game.
5: It, it's amazing. I almost don't want to think about, like, what if Patrick Mahomes is better? I mean, Patrick, mm. Mah- I've never seen someone come into the league like Patrick Mahomes. We certainly haven't since we have started this podcast. He's 24 years old. I mean, we're getting to see the beginnings of what I think is going to be an all-time great career. And... You don't want to think, okay? can he take it up a notch here? Because all he has to do is stay where he's at and just kind of enjoy the ride. But it's possible, like especially in these early season games where Andy Reid has shown he's just an advantage. He's going to scheme guys open. Is it so
4: crazy to think that he would get better, that he'd get more comfortable? That's the one thing they said for months was that he was more comfortable than ever before. And I I hope we don't get on to a trend where the Tony Romo game is a stinker every week. Because last week, I mean, Nance and Romo did the best they could to talk about nothing for 45 minutes. this will be. I think the, the
5: Raiders are legit, and I think at home, it's a real no team, advantage. No Tyree Kill. And there's no Tyree Kill, and I think this is going to be a game in the fourth quarter. I'd, I'd certainly take the Chiefs to win, but I I, I think this is going to be a fun one. Anybody think Nicole Hardman shows up and does scary things in this game? That sure. feels possible.
3: They look like they wanted to use him more of a decoy than anything last week, but things, no, are, things, different. Have changed. things yeah. are
4: different. I, I'd say in that offense, I'd say it's very much a possibility that he is a factor.
2: All right, here we go. In our... Uh, And the second overall pick in the draft strategy, it's so important to strategize. Last week, uh, some of us made the mistake of going too heavy on the early games, and then you're banged in a big spot because your job in the newsroom on Sunday is to cover these games, and you can't keep an eye on three games. Two, you can manage, right? It's feasible, and that's what we do. Three, impossible. So, Mark, you're in a tricky spot here because there's only three late games to choose from, and I strategically have to take one of them.
4: I mean, my apathy is helping me. So but I, I could see, you know, this is where you go, Ryan Leaf. No Just problem.
5: Please cut that out. Every time we ask to cut out whatever Mike, Mark says, we never hear it again. Let's keep that one. I like it.
2: Um So I am going to take the New Orleans Saints traveling to the Los Angeles uh, Memorial Coliseum to play the Rams in a rematch of the NFC title game. Uh, yes, everyone is sick of the pass interference storyline, as are the Saints. The Saints, by the way, I have to give them credit while Matt Nagy and the Bears specifically Matt Nagy, cannot get over the double doink. You haven't heard the Saints, you know, complaining too much about the officials since this new season ramped up over the summer. Maybe I missed those stories.
5: No, on I
4: think media. you're I No, think it's low on, They processed right. it and
2: moved on. Right, as you should. And, um, you know, that was a classic week one game against the Texans where, let's face it, the Saints defense, uh, they weren't able to shut the door there. And that was disheartening, I would imagine, to, to allow... Uh, Deshaun Watson, to do what he did to play 77 yards when the game should have been over. Uh, So they have some things to clean up. The offense looks just fine to me. Uh, And then you get the Rams and the Rams are interesting. And I caught some heat on the power ranking show I do with Matt Money Smith and Cynthia Freeland. Check that out every Wednesday. Shameless plug um, for putting the Rams, keeping them at number two in my power rankings. And they said they look, you know, money was like they look terrible in week two. All right. You could say that they weren't playing up to their highest level that we've seen in recent years. But I like uh, a team going on the road against a quality opponent like the Panthers are, I believe, and getting a W and coming home. So I think the Rams are in a good place. I liked what I saw from Todd Gurley in week one. Wes, we didn't get a chance to talk about this Tuesday. Did you not feel the same way about Gurley? Uh,
3: I didn't see any alarm bells. I wasn't impressed with how he started the game, but I was impressed with how he finished it. The biggest problems to me were the offensive line did not open very many holes, and you've got two new starters there. That is something to watch. I don't think they played that well. Um, And Malcolm Brown looking just as good as Todd Gurley. But they did in the end. I mean, they ran
5: for 166 yards. He had 64, I believe, in the fourth quarter. And very similar to how they opened the season last year against the Raiders, they their offense didn't show up for the first half. It looked like their offense in the second half. Goff had to be patient. He didn't, you know, he said that game tested him that he had to kept dumping the ball off instead of going for the plays that they wanted. He thought it was a mature game. He didn't play that well. He didn't make great decisions, but they're crazy for getting
4: on you for that. You go win in Carolina, give me a break. I think also, I mean, a week in, I'm fine with the Rams being where they are in your rankings. They're crazy about
2: the Cowboys. And well, that's fine. As well they should uh, be. Uh, yeah.
4: Th- that, that could change if the Rams play the way. that my, If you can put pressure on Goff, I think you're dealing with a different type of quarterback. And the offensive, the, the, the two new guys on the line, I thought they were shaky early on. And, and the Panthers put pressure on them, and they got a little bit better as the game went along. Malcolm Brown and me, Wes, Reminds me of like the second best running back on like a 1980s pound ground-and-pound type football team. He's just a bigger dude, and I kind of like them using him more than they ever have before, obviously, and it's working so far. And I think we'll see Daryl Henderson, their rookie,
5: at some point. The Saints do get David Onyemata back from suspension, which I think they need because they are thin at that position. Their run defense, didn't, if you're going to give up yards to Chubb and Duke Johnson, I think you're going to have trouble with Todd Gurley. Their defense is a position or at least a side of the ball that they have to be a little worried that the secondary and maybe the defensive tackles aren't as good as they were.
4: Let's get one more touchdown uh, for Mm -hmm. Taysom Hill this week. We've got seven on the season. We've got six to go for the sandwiches heading my way.
2: You predicted how many eight for the season, Uh, seven, Seven. so six more to
4: go. He's off to a good start and I believe it's going to happen. It is is the most secure I've ever felt about any sandwich bet ever because most of the ones that I, give you involved, like, national security threats <laughs> yeah. or major earth disasters. So
2: That's true. I Did he touch the ball enough for this to be sustainable?
3: Oh, he's going to touch th- it more and more. I think they have to put him on the field more. Yep. Not at quarterback.
2: Mm. Ah! <laughs> Thank you, Ricky. All right, let's move on. west with the number three overall
3: pick, Selects. I am taking the other four o'clock game. Smart. It's Bears. a safe pick. It's a smart pick. Bears at Broncos. So it's uh, Vic Fangio going against Mitchell Trubisky, whom he went against in practice every day last year. And I think probably has a few tricks up his sleeve and knows that quarterback's weaknesses better than any defensive coordinator in the league. I learned my lesson on the Broncos in week one. So I don't want to go like both feet first on my you're pulling out Broncos. already after one game. I'm just saying I, I think the Broncos will. Four win. months of talk. What? I think the Broncos will win this game. Look at that! But I cannot be He's sticking with it. I cannot be as You're exuberant as I up. was before after that opening week letdown. Can I? Can I throw something out there, Wes?
2: And I want to. And I say this with all due respect because you know I respect you as a football mind. I mean, I find I find your analysis to be brilliant.
1: Trope alert! <laughs> <laughs> Trope alert! Oh yeah!
2: I wish Troop you weren't alive. <laughs> um, Trope But there, the, the paradox we have here with your. Insistence that Eli Manning needs to go away and he shouldn't be a starting quarterback. Joe Flacco is basically Eli Manning at this stage. He is a guy that some years back was a guy that people weren't quite sold on, became a Super Bowl hero. Eli did it twice, of course. Uh, but for years now the writing's been on the wall that maybe this guy isn't a franchise quarterback you got all in on joe flacco in the summer of 2019 you sold on eli years ago i feel like they're the same guy basically at this point in their careers
3: well if flacco plays like he did in week one then i have no leg to stand on i have in my notes written three or four games last year early in the season flacco looks more athletic than ever looks springier than ever so what happened then i don't know he, he was gack. he was getting away from pressure early got last hurt. season he got Got hurt and I don't know if he's that guy anymore, so it's up to me to adjust my plans. <laughs> and if I have to back off of Flacco, Flacco this year, I will understand if you guys put me in the penalty box, <laughs> make me do well, some kind of uh I think it's The Broncos penance. will do it to
5: you. This is yeah. a matchup between guys you've quickly lost, uh, you know, touch with here because you gave Trubisky. up on Mitchell Trubisky halfway Life through Life is too short halfway, to stay with a bad quarterback halfway through week one. The Bears, um, Flacco the floppo.
3: I will admit that w- in week one, I'm thinking, why? why am I an idiot and I go to bat for Flacco and I never I never really say, hey, Deshaun Watson is special? <laughs> like, why can't I just enjoy Deshaun Watson? We, we all
2: question ourselves.
4: Because we've seen Flacco. the veteran rebirth, and I think maybe that's sort of what you were clinging to on a team with a good defense and a little bit more around them. You get, but, a, win. You yeah. get a win this week if the Broncos
5: do. And then they're fine. One one with a you know this is like a yeah, panic. but I went off
3: that ride. Yeah,
5: this is a, <laughs> this is a too late. Panic You're run in. game. If this game is ugly and close in the fourth quarter, there's going to be a lot of Bears fans sweating. I do think like there's some reason to believe that their defense could be even better. Like if Roquan Smith is better and Leonard Floyd plays Roy the way Roberts he did, and Harris, I mean, it's still the best defense in the league. So that is a tough. Right. Out.
4: The, what I see though is that classic team where the defense is going to have to hold everyone to 13 points a week for a chance to win. And there's a total canyon between both sides of the ball in the locker room i mean there are whispers this week that the bears are already concerned about trubisky long term and they put him out there for a press conference and i know this is a bit low-hanging fruit but it's it's one of the more obnoxious things i've seen in the nfl where trubisky is wheeled out in front of the media and announces that he's not allowed to talk about the game that just happened a disastrous game against the your rival the longest rival in the nfl in the history of the NFL, the 100th celebration it's game a to good kick look. off the year, Let's, and you're and you're dropping it's not a good that. Look. They wheel them out like a child, like Paul Pierce. <laughs> well, he was. You so know what? what? You're on a, on a third-year here? quarterback being treated like a child. How many more excuses will be made? I was
2: thinking more silence of the lamb, <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> In the hand truck, <laughs> he, he was not
4: in the metal <laughs> wiring around the head, and nor does he eat human beings. Hey, by as the far way, as I know
2: Von Miller show up in this game. Uh, uh, that was a, a dreadful performance by your defense. You're the leader of that defense, so that's why I call you out specifically. And West, the one thing that the Broncos might have, as you pointed out, you never want to go into empower field.
3: No. <laughs> Wait, is isn't it dignity? Oh, that's that's the charges. Power field at help. mile
2: high. Uh, at mile high, yes. It's mile. I just high call it empower the field. I just call it the empower. It's
3: a great stadium.
2: All right, with the fourth overall pick. All right, everybody bro. remember your locks, by the way. Don't forget to make a lock if you have.
4: What I find amazing here is that you guys act like you. Yeah, banged. Stra- I'm banged because I have literally no work to do in the late <laughs> slot of the games. You've taken all the games. I'm going to use that time to wander around Culver City, get a nice walk in the sun. You're banged. Yeah, but you're going to sit in the, a, the early in a games. Remember the
2: guy from the airplane that was sweating like profusely? <laughs> like, that's you <laughs> I, during the I, one I, o'clock. Literally,
4: I you you have to know that if I'm covering three or four games, two of them will be utter mail-in jobs I think that the, you know i mean you got you got, you, well, are, you got me there i mean give me a break you think i'm gonna sit there and try to meticulously like a like a robot cover four games and everything <laughs> happy at the same time you're gonna get stuck in a trade out sped anyways i mean they, I, this is working beautifully this is a thing where we had the most productive season of the four of you we're drafting last and i now got the back end bit i get two in a row you're like the vikings someone All just right, went ahead of you and right. took your spot i'm going jacksonville houston <laughs> And of course I am because <laughs> we're talking Minshew. Gardner Minshew and you want because these things okay. that you get, okay. ex, you get excited about this stuff or I do okay. early on. You're, especially when the team that you've kind of clung to your entire life gets whacked in week one. You got it when you start watching Game Pass, get excited about something else. Otherwise, you just go insane. So I got to <laughs> say I got it. At first, I got excited about Gardner Minshew, the person. And then the Houston game happened. I thought that Houston is automatically exciting. So go into New Orleans and play the way they did. Yes, it was a loss, but you got to look at them as a playoff type team that can play in adversity. And I love the whole Bill O'Brien heel turn. Everything about the team in Houston I like. And they're playing Gardner Minshew. And when I went and watched the tape, it wasn't like, oh, Gardner Minshew, this was this total fluke job where this guy cannot throw the ball and they're scheming around him and running the ball 45 times. He can throw. He can throw with precision. And I thought some of the work that he did with DJ Chark, a big six foot four receiver, he's got a deep ball. He can throw to the he can throw to the outside, the inside, over the middle, down the stretch. I love him. We're showing a ton of highlights of Deshaun Watson. We're showing the wrong quarterback. And we gotta rename
3: that chlorine tank, the Chark tank, right? Uh, oh, that's brilliant. That um, by the way, I want to
2: give Mark credit that I've been a little bit exhausted by the, the Minshew train this week. Minshew mania. But Minshew mania. But Mark was the first one on the corner. And well, now uh, you've seen the football Twitter all get all jacked up about Minshew in the past two or three days. And everybody's having their fun and being snarky and dropping their comedy bits. Mark was there first.
4: I don't know if I was there first, because in the business we work in now, people jump on this stuff like within one second. <laughs> just take, I was just actually, take the compliment. But I, but I will. I put together a two minute uh Highlight video that took me like three hours to do on iMovie and Erica retweeted at least like got run one, one retweet. Oh, you made but that? I made that All in right. my what? house. yesterday. I'm going to amplify that. He I'm put iMovie it. music under it.
2: It was like it was the funniest thing. find fun this? You where clearly did, didn't did want it. It's, it's like front it.
4: and center on my Twitter feed. All right, but gonna, I, let's amplify I, that right now. On live. the flip side, I think that the thing that I like about this, and it's in Houston, so Jacksonville, this is a tall order, but. Their defense, I thought, was embarrassed last week. And you got Jalen Ramsey walking around acting like he runs the entire AFC, and he was out of place against the Chiefs more than once. That whole secondary was embarrassed. Where was Josh Allen? How about this game where you have Deshaun Watson playing behind, even with Larry Larry Mutunzel, a line that is a major, major liability? I like the idea of the pass rush and Jacksonville's angry secondary having a better game in this one. Are
3: you locking it up?
4: No. No. Okay. (laughs) you were getting so fired up. Well, I I, I I, like this. What I want to see, I want to see what happens with this offense one more week and I'll start locking them up. If they show up Mm. the way they did last time with Gardner Minshew, I'll start locking them up. I mean, he's he kind of was a folk hero going back to his college. Yes. He's paired with Mike Leach. And
5: there's, I mean, there is a lot to like, like if you can't enjoy it, it reminds me a little bit of Kyle Orton in, in like internet 1.0 was a absolute sensation for about five, six weeks. Deadspin was a big part of that, but just matchup-wise, I'm surprised that the Texans are such heavy favorites in this game. There's no respect for Minshew off of that performance, which I get. But the defense should be better. I'm not, like, that worried about their defense. And if you look at the Texans' secondary and the Texans' defense in general, it's not good. I mean, Bill O'Brien did what a lot of coaches did on two, would want to do on a Tuesday after a game where one of their highly paid players made a big mistake. He just cut Aaron Colvin, yep. who is making $8 million this year. And I'm not saying that's even a bad move. I'm saying the process to get to the point where you're cutting him after one game. Wait, Bill O'Brien
3: a, cut bait on a guy after one game? That's right. that's shocking. I know, but the, trust it, the process.
5: It's like, okay, you spend the entire offseason prepping this guy to be your starter. You gave him every single snap in the offseason as your nickelback starter. You gave him 55 stuff. And then suddenly because he gave up a play to Ted Ginn on that last drive, he failed him. That he that he cuts him.
2: He well, failed the coach who had faith in him, and he was punished for it. That's you know, Brian. It. This is the NFL, Greg.
3: He was one of the biggest free agent Not busts They're burning. He was one of the biggest busts in the league last year. He was. I paranoid. get it. Then thank you. Then make
5: the move in the offseason. Don't have him start and play. 55 him another seven. chance.
4: What? What? One game just changed everything. You showed
2: loyalty. <laughs>
5: It
4: and well, he acted decisively as well, all leaders this must. This is how Bob is going to operate in 2019. And again, it's why I kind of like him. He oh, just does be things be. that get you know reaction.
2: Man, hang on, amplifying original. I know I didn't. see it. We can't be responsible for having well, to see you, everything on to social it, Greg, media in
4: that's your pics column. So you amplifying. Good, good, I, you literally link to it in the column that you filed to NFL.com. Oh, that's the video
2: below. you're right. Good content. Hashtag.
4: You know, I was like literally on my bed in a quiet house, like going through hundreds of videos, cutting them, and then splice. Erica knows how we editing works. This. She's an editing professional. It's not this. easy. It's not. Are you going to give me like more
2: credit now or?
4: No? Oh, it, it put me in. I saw the pain points okay. that you go through from a production angle. It's it's steep.
2: All right, as you know, Mark, we draft a snake style, so you uh, get the next pick as well. Number five overall.
4: I might throw you for a little bit of a loop here, but I like to. And Greg, I think you. Put this out there as something that you uh, subscribe to. I like to see a team that I didn't watch live the previous week or at all. And for me, that's the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. And I like this little bizarre thing that has only happened eight times in NFL history. When a team plays an away game in the same stadium two weeks in a row, the Buffalo Bills went into MetLife last <laughs> week and overcame a 16 nothing deficit to cut the Jets head off and go <laughs> 1-0. and Now they're going right back into MetLife Stadium to do the same thing to the New York Giants. We'll see. I think the Giants are a bit of a mess. Eli Manning, Greg, you pointed this out in your picks column, NFL research threw this out there, has 20 more turnovers than any other quarterback in the league since 2013. And he looked no better to me last week. He is a liability. There was one intentional grounding call on him where all he had to do was get the ball out of bounds, and he's running around like a child with the football in his hands and gets thrown to the ground. Absurd. I think the Giants are probably one of the easier teams to game plan in the entire league because Mm. if you take out Saquon Barkley and you take out Evan Green Ingram, or at least reduce them down to, say, two big plays each in a game, they really don't have much else to throw at you, especially with Manning in there. That said, I am going to do the absurd thing because 0-2 does not concern me locks-wise because I've come back from it before. (laughs) I am locking up. The New York Giants. The at, home, at home. It's going to be a tight game, but I'm going to witness this lap wow, go Mark. down. At home, at MetLife, the Giants are going to go one and one. They're going to be an annoying team because we're going to want to write them off and we're going to want to love the Bills and their defense. And Josh Allen may be having only three turnovers in this game versus four, but the G-Men are going to take <laughs> care of business at home and be that kind of frisky, tedious 7-9 team that we can't write off until about Christmas.
3: I think the Giants are facing a defense that is every bit as good as the one they faced last week. The Buffalo Bills with... Ed Oliver had a big impact in his first game. Shaq Lawson looks improved. Tremaine Edmonds, their second year linebacker, looks better. And I think the Bills on defense just absolutely shut the Jets down. Just
5: shut them down. They're good everywhere. They're able to rotate guys in playing 25 snaps. That's how you win in week one, especially. They played 15 or 16 guys, 25 snaps plus. They're so deep. The secondaries, Great. I, I think this can be a top—I'm expecting it to be a top-five defense. And a top-five defense against the Giants. This isn't a road game. I mean, they're just staying in the same locker room as they were last week. They are the team of New York. Buffalo owns New York after this week. Greg. Has anyone ever beat the, the, the one, two straight games on a, in the same stadium? Well, the,
4: I would say the only other time this, this phenomenon of playing— twice in the same... St- it's always been a jets giant scenario. Yes, it happened history.
2: recently. It might have happened
3: last year. I
4: like to put it out there as a rarity, but you've thrown yeah. that into the fire. That, I'm that,
3: surprised by the meaning you find in that.
4: Um, well, it's you know, it it matters. It's interesting.
3: Before
2: Sam Darnold was undone by um, make-out point, or however this happened with him, <laughs> uh, he was undone by a Bills defense that, not known for heavy blitzing, Sean McDermott, uh, but against the Jets, he dialed up the blitz and... And Darnold was never comfortable. It was they were, they got to him repeatedly. They knocked down at least five passes at the line of scrimmage. I don't think Eli Manning is going to handle it very well either. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Josh Allen for the nice throws he made down the stretch to beat the Jets could have easily thrown five interceptions last week. I I, I'm not sold on this guy um, yet. Uh, he could prove me wrong, but we'll see. But I think this defense is going to shut down the mm. Giants. I think we're looking at another similar type game to what we saw last week at MetLife Stadium, uh, something in the realm of 13-7, 14-10, you know, 16-13. Uh, we will not see a shootout on mm. Sunday here.
5: I agree. I mean, Ingram and Barkley are nothing to mess with. A Man, Ingram, when they run a screen for him, he looks like a running back. I mean, he he can have he can have a monster season for for his fantasy owners. And that's enough. If you can break a couple big plays off the the Bills offense, doesn't look like it's doing too much.
2: All right. Wes,
3: you're up. Number six pick. I am going. Don't take my pick. You know, I, I can't stay away from the Washington Redskins. Mm. This rookie class they have with Terry McLaurin should have had over 200 yards, but Case Keenum overthrew him on a 73-yard TD in the second half. I mean, let's be real about why you're picking this He's game. going over <laughs> Terrence Trent Darby for, for uh, high point balls on the sideline, back shoulder throws. Uh, you got Cole Holcomb, their fifth-round linebacker. It ain't awesome Holcomb, legend. it's Holcomb. Jimmy Moreland, their seventh-round slot receiver, who James. was a ball hawk in preseason and played last week. Montez Sweat. All these rookies for the Redskins. I mean, th- this isn't as bad of a team as you thought. Hmm. And then the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Let's get to the main The outro. Super
3: Bowl favorites. The Dallas Cowboys. Team of West T.L. Let's, you know, I just want to see more of Kellen Moore. See what this guy's doing. This is not your father's boring Scott Linehan offense. They are explosive, dynamic, uh, tricky. They're using A lot of different
2: sets and uh, shifts play calling motion. totally different than what we saw Look, under just, Linehan.
3: Just because Moore played under Linehan for seven years in, in Dallas and Detroit, that's not his only coaching influence. This creativity, it goes back to Chris Peterson at Boise State where they're using all the motions and shifts, and you saw it in week one. And I'm not sure he's going to get that
5: tough of an opponent. Uh, with the Redskins. I mean, they're without Jonathan Allen, who's their best defensive player. I thought their front seven might end up being a little frisky this year, but their rookie Montez Sweat made no impact in the preseason, made no impact in week one. It is a good rookie class on balance, but I don't really see much that's going to stop him. And people need to give Dak Prescott a little more credit. I mean, yes, Kellen Moore did a great job, but four or five of those throws oh. were just on point, beautiful. beautiful throws that Dak Prescott was not too consistent making last season.
3: It was interesting hearing Aikman say that, that Prescott insists that all this started to click late last season, that he just started finally to see the field a lot better, and it's carried over to this year. I, if you look at his numbers from December last year, they're pretty good.
4: I would also, if you were on Instagram hit up Wes's Instagram story because you took a photo of the notes you took from this game last week, the Cowboys game, and there was some amazing stuff. It was a, it was cool to watch because like you kind of sift Lusitania through. It was is mentioned. Well, it is like your love what? for the Cowboys coming out, and you pointed out one guy. I think Randall Cobb, who I never bought into this signing because it seemed like a very Cowboys thing to do. It seemed like a very NFL Network thing that they would talk about every day for like two hundred days in a row. Randall Cobb on the Cowboys, and I thought, <laughs> well, we've we're done with Randall Cobb. Please, he looked awesome last week, and they used him the right way, and. It, this is the one year where the offense and the defense are surging at the same time. I don't know if I credit the Cowboys for seeing what they have in Kellen Moore or keeping Scott Linehan for so long and discredit them. Why were you hanging on to an ancient
5: way? Maybe to Linehan operate? wasn't ready yet.
4: Kellen Moore was still team. trying to play.
5: I thought the Randall Cobb America's game or football life was a little much, but you know,
4: they were
3: using him like Tyreek Hill. Why sweeps? Fake sweeps? Did you mention Darius guys? We did not.
2: I did okay. not. He is out indefinitely. Um, torn meniscus rap sheet reported, uh, he's going to be out several weeks. He did not run well—18 yards on 10 carries against the Eagles last week. So Adrian Peterson, who you know his coach maybe doesn't want him on the team, well he still now he needs
5: him, so now he's the starting well, they, they running also, back.
4: Jordan Reed still dealing with a concussion, may not play. I, I mean, what a weird team. A none
5: of their young players that they want to be developing—not not none of them. The rookie class looks good, but you'd love to see Geis and Jonathan Allen and Dwayne Haskins. Meanwhile, Case Keenum—he's out there. He's a professional quarterback. It's a reminder, he's a pro, bro. If you're a journeyman. It's all about scheme fit. He's a lot like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He he looks fine. Case Keenum is carving out a pretty great career, considering uh, where he came from.
2: uh, Really nice career. He's going to set himself up for life, and he's had some moments. How
5: many quarterbacks have entered the league since he entered that are as talented or more that are gonna have about a hundred less starts than Case cannon. you know what rel- I mean? Relative to most people's, he's careers, maxing out. Is but what it's I'm like saying.
4: he's the kind of guy that bounces when you look, like you work with him, and then like a year and a half into h- working with him, he's flushed out of the company, and he winds up somewhere else across town. And you think, oh, he'll be there for a good we long time. Then he's flushed out a year and a half later. It's like he never lasts. He gets people fired, the team caves in, and then he gets another starting I'm job sh- or a backup job. He somewhere He is else. maxing out his his. You know, individual
5: potential. We've
2: done this long enough, by the way, this podcast now, where I could state by memory that once upon a time, Case Keenum was a nobody that West got behind during a nice little run he had with the Texans. I'm talking years ago. That's
3: your Case Keenum flag fly. Yeah,
2: the Case <laughs> Keenum flag flew. And then uh, I, I believe you got out after a while. Got out when he couldn't handle the blitz. Yeah, the, the his Rams tenure under Jeff Fisher was kind of the low point, And then, of course, the rise with the Vikings, the Broncos a little shaky last year. He's had, good for him. He's had a nice NFL career.
3: If uh, the Cowboys were paying attention to Jay Gruden's press conference, I guess they'll know that Adrian Peterson will be in the I formation 55 times in this game. <laughs>
2: Um, I got a total steal here at seven. Overall, Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. Are you kidding this is me? a good one. Thank you.
5: Feel yeah. your jealousy? Yeah, that's what I would have taken. Yes! So. That's the best feeling. Ooh. That's the best that was, feeling. I was debating. You bang him. Draft. Then again, their there one consideration were the announcers in that game. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. See, I never think I, about oh, that. Oh, I'm so with Greg on that. <laughs> at 10 a.m., right, well, I, I looked for on. the announcers. You, I said, do I want to spend three hours with this gentleman? Put your name on
2: it. Come on. Who is it? What's the announcer? Do team? I want
4: to spend three hours with Chris Myers? Okay. No. Nah. I want to see the problem, Greg, is you you should not be giving away that secret to us because now I will be thinking about that (laughs) when I go. Because I'm going to get stuck with a certain announcing team or two that has driven me nearly insane on a couple. Well, the
2: other way to do it, if you're watching, it's up
4: there, it's out there, it's through. (laughs) It's (laughs) all right.
2: It's the best field goal call in the game. Um, When you're watching two games, one of them for me always has the volume. And then the other one's a little bit more subdued volume-wise. So that might be what ends up happening here with Vikings. And I have a
4: third and fourth one, what do you think the volume on those are going to (laughs) be?
2: I have no idea what's (laughs) happening for you for these early games. Uh, But yeah, I I think this is a great game uh, with um, chock full of storylines to track here because... I love the Vikings. I absolutely think that they are going to be hanging around. That they are they are a Final Four. Nobody uses Final Four in football. I'm the only one that does it. Nor should they. I got what's wrong with Final Four?
4: I, I mean, branding wise, by another sport. Yeah, it's heavily
2: possessed by it. But it, it it gives you what you need. Oh, one of the last four teams standing out of thirty-two. I went, nailed it.
3: I wouldn't bank on the Dean Scream phenomenon with this one. <laughs>
2: I think they can play in the NFC title game. I think they have that type of ability. I think they can make a run. I like their balance. Um, and this will be a good test because yes, the one thing we still don't really know about um, with the Vikings, their offensive line, will it hold up? It did really well uh, against the Falcons and what was a complete effort in week one. Uh, but now we got the Packers who really really thrived, as we all know, defensively in the Thursday night opener. Uh, And what makes this so interesting for me is the Packers, who are in general always kind of an interesting team um, with Aaron Rodgers out front. You see if their defense can back it up again with another big effort against the good Vikings offense. And then you get to see, all right, Matt LaFleur, all right, Aaron Rodgers, we give you a bit of a mulligan in week one. You got to win with your defense and everyone. It's, you know, the narrative has taken hold across the football cognoscenti That week one is very tough for offenses uh, because of the lack of reps. Well, no more excuses. You have you have a full week one game. You had another full week of practices. I want to see something from the Packers on offense. And uh, the the Vikings present a challenge. They certainly presented a challenge to the Falcons last week. I just think this is a great game. It's a tough one to pick uh, because I don't know who the Packers are yet. I think I, I know who the Vikings are. I do not know who hmm, the Packers are. I
3: would put the Packers at number 32 in my confidence rankings for figuring out who they are. I, Who knows if their offense played so bad because the Bears' defense was as physically imposing as any defense I saw in week one? Or if, de- if the Packers' defense played great because it was Mitch Trubisky in over his head and making bad throws. I, I just don't know who this team is. I'm not sure I know who the Vikings
5: are either after a game where they throw 10 passes. You know, like that was such a strange game that they got ahead early. They didn't have to do much offensively. The players look great. I mean, Xavier Rhodes looks great. Uh, Anthony Harris, their safety, looks great. And I know I'm big. I'm a I'm a big believer in this offense. But this is a much uh, tougher matchup defensively this week. I know this is essentially the team of. I don't know what we call it, Hansis This is the team of Hansis right now. Yeah. I noticed on on the power rankings this week. I mean they they zoomed up to number twelve to seven. seven. Yeah, I
4: mean Dan. And that's a very a very um, you know you're using science yeah. behind the rankings. Dan no is, real. It's a
5: real feel. Dan is on multiple hits. He's on GMFB. He's on <laughs> NFL Network, and he's talking Vikings everywhere he goes.
1: Now, we've got to be very quiet.
5: <laughs> Up in the clearing,
1: we have the incredibly rare NFL Networks.
4: Dan Hansen. <laughs> I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh,
5: you scared it away. <laughs> it's NFL Networks. Dan Hanson.
2: Well done. Oh, all right. Well done. Touché. Where did you find that I'm lonely? Was that in my bedroom last night?
4: Yeah, yeah. I got it. 3 a.m.? That was
3: the three minutes before the show for about four straight years. Every show.
2: (laughs) Um, Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, I do like the Vikings a lot. And uh, as I said, great game. I'm excited. What do you think, Mark? What do you feel? Because I know I'm not sure where you are at the Packers right now.
4: Oh, what I really liked about the Packers – Was the fact that my issue with them was that it was always so offensive heavy and the defense would let them down in big spots year after year and then we'd spend the whole offseason and the whole season getting back to that same January game. I think Mike Pettin and the Packers are a very good marriage right now. He's got the right players to make it work. I don't think they're going to play a Chicago Bears offense every week. I think we're going to find out that offense has some issues. And what we saw from Minnesota was that's what they want. I don't know what they are, but that's what they want to be every week. The guard play for the Packers was awful. David Bakhtiari had a terrible game. I don't, well, that's wrong battle
5: I like their defense. But, yeah, though. but Brian Bulaga, who is a key to this, who really hasn't helped them that much the last couple of years, had a great uh, week one. And I think that's a, a really good sign uh, for the Green Bay Packers. I don't know. I like them at home. Um, I mean, if
4: the Packers offense stays this way for a month, it's going to get loud there. I mean, it, this is not what people are going to accept on any level. Wes,
2: does this qualify as a gramasance? Jimmy Graham, 2019. 53 catches, mm. 738 yards, 10 no.
5: touchdowns.
3: No. That's pedestrian for a starting tight end.
4: This
5: this game it reminds me of uh
3: touchdowns. All right, 10 TDs, I'll give it to you. 10? Yeah, I didn't think if he gets 10. You went with this 50 and 7 something. I was like, that's ah, I I'm imagine 10 touchdowns
4: can't, I think I'll he's give you to have a lot of touchdowns. Along with year. your final four, I'm just imagining a grandmother when you say <laughs> that. I don't we need to work works on I'd Jimisod's? be a little bit Jimisod's worried about the
3: leaping ability that used to be Dynamic and explosive, and now is like Larry Bird level. He did box out like a basketball player uh, on that touchdown. One, one, Grammy Jimmy Graham touchdown might get it done.
5: This is like the old Chris Berman, NSC Norris right now. All four teams, mm. the divisions are are the defenses are better than their Let's own. Let's pick offenses. this game, Greg. I'm taking the Packers.
3: Me too. No,
4: I'll get behind the Vikings. Yeah, you got to You got to stick with it.
3: Coin flip game, but I, I'm rolling with I'm with you on the Vikings. All I right. like them this year.
4: I'm going Packers 18-17. 17.
5: All right, uh, Greg, you have the snake pick. What is that what they call it? Number eight? Uh, right, it's Final four. Snake draft. I am going to go with a game that I'm, I'm just going to go out and say it right now. I'm locking up the Pittsburgh Steelers to beat the Seattle Seahawks this week. I'm going to give the Pittsburgh Steelers a mulligan for last week. I believe in this roster. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is going to play that poorly every week. More to the point, I do not believe in the Seahawks. Not just because they looked like the inferior team uh, against Cincinnati, not just because they've really struggled on the road early in seasons with Pete Carroll. It takes them a, a little while to warm up, but just what are they? Where's the talent? Like the offensive line, which we thought would be better, did not have a good game. The defensive backs are uneven at best. They're going to be without Puna Ford, who's really helped on their defensive line. There's so many holes in this group and they're going on the road to a Steelers team who is embarrassed by what happened last week. And I think the Steelers just take care of business and it's pretty easy.
3: I agree. But I'd say the Seahawks do have some interesting talent. D.K. Metcalf, in addition to making several big plays down the field, drew an end zone uh, pass interference penalty. Pete Carroll thinks that he's got the best linebacking core of his. Yes. Of his Seahawks career. They really like Michael Kendricks there.
5: It's a shot against Bruce Irvin's bow, I feel like, back in the day. But, uh, yeah, because they, they had Wright, Wagner, and, and Bruce Irvin. Their linebackers, they do have great things. They have Russell Wilson, so they they have a chance every week, but they still have Brian Schottenheimer calling plays. I like, I, Brian Schottenheimer got schooled last week by Luana Maruno. I, <laughs> oh, Lou Albano? I don't know how to say his name. I don't Got know rubber why. bands in his goatee?
4: I'm a little concerned hearing about. Juju Smith Schuster's toe still nagging him and I I wonder you know he he was shut down last week by the Patriots and I this is what kind of like the Broncos going to Oakland it's the mulligan like you're saying where I just want to wipe everything we saw and just say this is the Steelers starting right now but I don't really I, I it's easy just to ticket them for 11 or 12 wins every year but I, Seattle to me is a more resilient team than that. And I know that they, it was an ugly game last week against the Bengals because they drove up and down the field against Seattle's defense. But Seattle also found a way to coax Andy Dalton into two turnovers. You know, Big Ben last year in week one had that six turnover game against the Browns, and they did bounce back. But this is another terrible week one performance by big Ben. At what point does he not at, you know, is the age keeps creeping on and he's lost two star players around him. James Conner got shut out last week. I don't know. Can, I'm not, I'm not just fair. handing this to That's fair.
3: Can Dante Moncrief make a play one time in his career? What? He said
4: it was the worst game he's ever he played. He almost terrible.
3: catches every pass for his entire career. Terrible. He'll yeah. almost catch everything. The, the numbers. What do you have? Four drops in that game? I mean, this is who he is. He is, is. playing, playing with like been. a broken
5: finger. But why are you playing him every snap?
3: Every offense he goes to is one of the least efficient passing offenses in the league. And uh,
2: Greg, I, as you can see next to this, I also am with you on this. I believe the Steelers are going to win handily. They're going to be angry. So lock it up for the old Zeuser and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what you everything you said makes sense too, Mark. So there, there is a. And there is a, a world and a reality where this plays out where the Steelers stumble and all of a sudden you're thinking, "Wait, do they not have legit playmakers? Did we all kind of over or underrate how how important those losses were for this team? But I'm for now i I, I believe them to be a team that had a really bad Sunday
5: night. And we'll bounce back. I just hate you the way you didn't have to show me that you wrote down the lock. I would have show believed, your work. I would have believed you. I would have believed. You. I hate show the way work. they
4: didn't show up at all in New England. That, that to me was just like what, it was what, terrible. What are, we, what are we getting behind all year? And where is this going to end up? It's going to end up where it always ends up. <laughs> You should, you should be, be happy. You should be on what? the
5: anti-Steelers
4: corner because for Where whatever else?
5: reason, this podcast be honest, is have, way higher on the Steelers I, than almost anywhere else. On, which honestly, is not like, high.
4: Maybe like at, at this point in, in life, I'm not sitting around and deriving a lot of joy about another AFC North team struggling. There's like mm. what I mean. How what is what's coming out of that piece of fruit? Not much. That, uh, that doesn't pal- pass the smell test. Well, I'm. I honestly like. Do I sound uh, that thrilled? Like I, a like, little something, I, a little sour. To me, little, it's more sweet. like I don't want to like mis misconstrue their expectations all year long for a very known result, which we do with teams all the a time. A
2: reminder: they went nine six and one last year, so th- they they did take a step back last year. So we shouldn't assume them to be a twelve game winner. But I I think they'll be. I think they're a power player. I'm just
4: eyeing stuff. this like grab bag of stinkers that's heading my way to cover <laughs> at the end of this so called draft. <laughs> all right, draft.
2: great. it's uh, snaking back
5: this way. Oh yeah! Drop again. I'm unprepared for this. Ouch!
4: Well, he missed his. That's like the Vikings. They yeah. missed the slot. Goes to Dan. Oh, so oh, I go jump back. up. It's too
5: bad. No, I'll 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 go with um, same thing I did last week. Have Lamar Jackson in that nice oh. backup game where I don't have to focus every last second. I'll watch it a little later on Game Pass and really see it. But you can see the fire show <laughs> out of the corner of your eye.
3: Every listener out there predicted this one <laughs> uh, at home on their own mock drafts. They sure. predicted Greg was taking Lamar Jackson.
5: Well, you know what? It's a nice corner to be on right now. Might as well enjoy it. I mean, it's <laughs> like I said he was going to be the most fun player in the league to watch, and he, he like exerted a, a force of will unlike uh, anything we've ever seen last week.
3: That wasn't a criticism. I'm just saying the listeners mock dress had this one.
5: He did some nice little things, too, on his out routes. Didn't see a lot of those. Some of the non-highlight plays. Uh, and the defense played pretty well against Miami. I know it was Miami, but Patrick Onwasu, who they're really high on, yes. played well.
3: Well, Mark sent us this. Oh. His hair was on fire about the Ravens I, this morning. Well,
4: that's why. That's to my point. On uh, that I can get excited about a team that goes into the season with a plan. And I thought that the first 20 minutes of this game basically told you that the front office nailed their offseason about as well as you could possibly hope. Mark Irvin, or my, Mark, Mark Ingram, Ingram, Mark Ingram, oh. absolutely burning down the house on Baltimore's first drive. Your boy. They, it, Running full over. You know what? I think some people doubted. My what, dog Mark would have seen. People doubted what he would do in Baltimore, and he looked awesome. <laughs> I love that that's right Mark Ingram, Ingram, by the way. Right on defense, <laughs> Earl Thomas picks off the pass on Miami's first possession. Oh, cute. And then their first round draft pick, Hollywood Brown, blows up for two touchdowns over the next couple drives. And then they have two other wide receivers catching deep touchdowns too. It's like- Mark's fired up. Well, they did everything. And I love that- Mark's making the hand
5: motions that like white rappers make My other boy, Greg Greg Roman,
4: basically said that they (laughs) were going to get medieval on teams this year. And that's a fine thing to say in the middle of the off season. It was not just the Dolphins. It had nothing. It did. Yes, the Dolphins look to me like they cannot push anyone on either side of the ball. And they are a man down on every play. But they got torched in a way that few teams in the NFL do.
3: Mm. Mm. I predict uh, tough times for Kyler Murray in this game.
5: Yeah, I don't know what to think. Wink
3: Martindale's going to bring the house. When he had
5: some time to make a throw, man, it's pretty. But they're just... Why would we think that he's going to have time?
2: Um, (laughs) All right. I'm having an unbelievable draft. I'm having a... I'm having a pretty horrible um, Thursday. I, I woke up to the news that uh. my favorite quarterback has effing mono and my season's <laughs> over um, and my hopes and dreams are destroyed. And we're, Hey, that's coming up later on the around the NFL podcast. Um, <laughs> but I am having a good draft because I'm very excited to announce that I am selecting the Colts at Tennessee Titans uh, as my uh, third overall pick two teams that really interested me in week one. You have the Colts who were on the wrong end of a very good um, road effort. They lose in overtime. Um, There were some cracks. They could not stop um, the run. Austin Eckler uh, killed him down the stretch, and they never even got a chance to get on the field in overtime. Uh, But they also showed a lot of hot and bouncing back there. Um, down the stretch and getting the touchdown and the two-point conversion. Uh, T.Y. Hilton showed that just because Andrew Luck's gone, uh, he is not irrelevant. Uh, and and Jake Brisket, who they didn't ask him to do a ton.
4: Um, Ooh, slides me off a piece of that, Jake Brisket.
2: They didn't ask him to do a ton of that game, but he delivered and gave. What, what, what more can you ask for, really, from Jake Brisket? Um, and then there's this interesting angle, um, Chris Wessling, the Titans versus the Colts since 2012 versus Andrew Luck. The Titans never won once. Oh, and 11 versus Jake Brisket. They swept them uh, the only two times. So the Titans, who are feeling really good in general right now, and I get it, and I'm not going to rain on their parade. They had such a great week one against Cleveland. Um, uh, they, now the, the good times keep getting better because now you play uh, the Colts in your building and, yes, Andrew Luck, your your boogeyman,
3: is bye-bye. Good setup. That streak is gone. It's going to be gone this week, and I'm locking it up. Oh! I like that lock. Titans win this game. You know, the thrill is gone for me in the Colts. It's fine. <laughs> intellectually, I appreciate what they're building. Guys, Greg said it's fine. I appreciate what they're building <laughs> intellectually. Intellectually. But I'm emotionally bankrupt when it comes to this team. They put me to sleep and I'm sorry the heart wants what the heart wants and my heart wanted Andrew Luck I don't breaking up with the Colts. I think we should get rid of the heart wants
5: what the heart wants as a phrase considering it was said by Woody Allen, but that's like You a, have that yeah, power yeah, on,
4: another, another, on this on the show, Greg.
3: Well, do you
2: want to b- do it?
5: Bla- let's blast that phrase into
2: the I video. made that rule change before. You can make a rule change let's, here. Yeah, go. I'm going to keep it. using
3: <laughs> the heart wants what the heart wants because it's a good quote. <laughs>
2: guys don't start fighting again it's the context of it that's all that would be an amazing fight that you guys had over woody allen
3: go ahead we'll save that for the Nabashi podcast <laughs> go on uh it reminds me of uh that little anecdote about mark twain how he grew up frolicking on the mississippi river and then once he got it became a riverboat pilot and started to look at it scientifically it lost its beauty he didn't appreciate the aesthetics of it anymore. Mm. And that's kind of how I feel about the Colts. It's a little, there's something to be said for gut feelings and emotions over intellect when it sure. comes to sports fandom.
4: I thought the, the Titans broke Cleveland in the second half last week. That They they, they are not a perfect offense, Tennessee, at all. And, and, and Mariota was running around a little bit early on, but the Derrick Henry, you know, he's not Christian McCaffrey or anything, but he does just enough at certain points. When he hit that 75 yard catch and run for the touchdown, it broke Cleveland and their defense confused Baker Mayfield from the very beginning. And when we called them the Tytoons, it was because they kind of actively do they were. Well, I don't, because if you go watch that game against Cleveland, like they are a top five looking defense right now, the way they played last week. I thought that they outside of the first drive for the Browns, they confused, controlled, and destroyed the Browns last week. Can we we're just not,
2: see what they do in week two, though? Sure, sure. So but
4: we also can say that about every one of these other teams. But that we're the Titans especially,
2: here. they are so schizophrenic. I, I, I'm, College, I'm not on board with Marcus
4: Mariota necessarily, but this defense, which played well all last season, it, is did it though, just as good. They, they they finished high in
5: scoring because there was, they had so few possessions in like Points per possession, they were middle of the pack. Yards per play, middle of the pack. Turning the ball over, middle of the pack. I think they play good de- team defense, and now they've got a lot of veterans. The secondary should have a lot of continuity. They should get better. Secondary played They, play they weren't a good defense last Their year. Secondary they secondary stack. They were a 9-7 If, and they, seven if they
4: continue some trends, and again, we have to wait. They, they are generating turnovers, and Cameron Wake was a huge difference maker. Yep.
3: Well, I think that the Dolphins had decided that Cameron Wake was in the rotational backup pass rusher phase of his career and he showed in in and week 1 that he is still downright explosive he's fast he can play a, a starting role and i think the two questions about the titans for me were how are delaney walker and cam wake going to look this year because they're older we, are they on the back nine of their careers and they're done they, yes. I thought they answered but the I think, questions I think in a the loud time, fashion.
5: That, that's why Cameron Wake can be so good. He played 23 snaps last week. I mean, he is kind of that guy off the bench that's going to give you crazy energy. Delaney Walker changes them, and A.J. Brown changes them, because now they have some shot play ability. It, it, Walker's maybe not going to make those shot plays, but he helps to set them up in the way that you're going to cover them, and that was missing from them.
3: Romo was time. really impressed with Arthur Smith's debut as the play caller.
5: Art Smith didn't Should get be. a lot of pop. I, I, you know, in defending the Colts, had the ball, I think, nine times in the in the regular, uh, you know, in regulation, and they still scored 24 points. It, that included seven points of missed kicks. The offense played very well. The defense was basically a disaster against the Chargers. And if, you know, that they could have given up 40 in that game. And that that's concerning if you're a Colts fan.
2: All right, Wes, there are four games left to choose from. What do you got?
5: There are
3: four? Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: Oh no, excuse me, 3 games.
3: Okay. I 3 games. Ugh, I hate doing this. I'm going to choose to watch that grab that drab gray green turf in Ford Field. <laughs> God, let some sunlight in the building, please. Uh Chargers at Lions is my pick. Let some sunlight... Rip the roof off. Get get rid of some of those black pebbles you <laughs> keep in your turf and try to have some real grass or something. Give me a break with that. Mm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's the right week I to like face it. the Chargers because Hunter Henry got awful news Unbelievable. about the plateau fract- tibial plateau fracture, which they're, they're still holding out hope he'll come back later in the year. Mike Williams, I don't... It doesn't look like he's going to play this week. Uh, their number two receiver... And Trent Scott, Trent Scott at left tackle was exposed last week. He had a bad game. They have so many issues on their offense right now, the Chargers do, that I just feel like for the Lions, this this is the right week to overcome that, mm. giving up that big lead in week one.
5: I wonder if Matt Patricia has anything he learned in New England on slowing down Phillip rivers. So they did a pretty good job over the years. I went back to look when, when Patricia was there rivers never really had those big games against them. I, I was not in love with the way they, you know, that defense gave up the lead to Arizona without sending any pressure to Kyler Murray. Kind of Matt. Patricia seems a little bit asleep at the wheel there.
2: Mm. Hmm.
4: Hmm. I don't like that he has to coach with a crutch under his arm from behind the bench. That I mean, there's, it does show it
2: weakness. It's not fair, but it, it just you're, <laughs> I'm not you're compromised. He's, physically. he's got
4: a physical issue. It's not. I mean, he's not choosing to. But I know, but doesn't it's just, he you want your barricade coach to himself
2: do, behind a bunch of Gatorade coolers? I mean, exactly. Is that something that inspires confidence? It's, on the no, sideline? from a
4: it's not. It's your coach again
2: cowering it's, in fear
5: behind I, a bunch of uh, electrolytes. It
4: struggle It struggles from an optical. Tying behind the moat while
5: the while
3: the army's out there fighting.
5: I mean, you you
4: That's mentioned guy. all the
5: players that are missing from the Chargers, which is fair. Who which team is more talented though in this game? I don't probably know. Probably still the Chargers. That's how it's crazy how Melvin um, Gordon. It's probably still the Chargers.
4: Which I mean on the flip side, there's you less still of have, excuse for them to never do anything in the playoffs. You and still have that. Bosa,
5: you still have Ingram, you still have Keenan Allen, you still have Phillip Rivers, you still have that backfield, you still have Casey Hayward. They don't have TJ Hawkins. You got a lot. I went back and watched that West TJ
3: Hawkinson, that guy. He's nice, isn't he?
2: And you made the good point how usually tight ends don't make an instant impact. Even Gronk, who's kind of worked into the Patriots attack. Um, I remember Algie Crumpler was a primary tight end that 2010 season. Um, but <laughs> good memory. Yeah. He had a huge drop in that Jets playoff loss. That's nice. all. Yeah. But um, I think that he seems like a guy that could change their offense. If he is like a George Kittle type, stretch the field, like kill everybody guy in the middle of the
3: field, <laughs> their line didn't bad. play well against a pretty bad Cardinals defense, so that would that would bother me a little bit. But I do agree that Hawkinson can be a transformative player for that offense. All right, Mark, wrap us up with a double.
4: All right. Well, am I am I wrong? Are there not three games left? There okay. are two. Okay. Well, then I obviously will be. Do you choosing. want to know the two games? I thought that San Francisco Atlanta or San Philadelphia Francisco, Atlanta was, at
3: Cincinnati. That's a... Nationally televised. (laughs) Nice try, Mark.
4: New England at Miami. I guess we can't cut that from a live show, so (laughs) that's how this works.
2: Anyway, San Francisco at Cincinnati, New England at Miami. All right, well, there's not
4: a whole lot of suspense here. There's only two options left. I'm going to take, because just in theory, if there were a lot of picks, I would go New England at Miami, because when you've suddenly got four games to observe at the same time like a crazy person, (laughs) hoping one of them is like a big lopsided affair, this will probably wind up going Well, we can make some trades if we... So anyways, I'm going to take New England, Miami, and... You know, I know that they've got the whole Antonio Brown thing. He's practicing today. He apparently is going to be on the field, which, you know, is a, uh, a very strange thing, I think, for anyone watching this game. On top of it, I, I want to see how the Dolphins even attempt to bounce back in what I could say is maybe even a tougher spot, although I don't know how you play offense better than Baltimore did last week. Mm. It, it's Forget the whole concept of trap game for New England. They don't operate that way. They don't. I I know everyone wants to throw out these figures about New England traveling down to Miami, getting caught in these games. They've like, lost five out of six. I, I know, is but that's fact.
3: this. There's no Ronnie Brown there this year. This this, Joe Wildcats. Philbin, owns but Bill this, Belichick.
4: All I would say is, doesn't this feel like a little bit different of a situation yes. with Miami? My one thing about Miami is that, and I it, and we've all we've discussed this on the show that the concept of removing anyone of value from your team to build up draft picks and go and you can and it's interesting and i like the fact that it's an interesting experiment but The way that they were pushed around by Baltimore in every possible way last week. There just wasn't a single guy in Miami's front seven that had anything to do in that game to stop anyone. I just don't know with the way that New England schemes and every possible way that you could put anyone on their offensive line and then find a way to confuse defenders no matter what they're doing. Pre-snap, post-snap, before the game, after the game, during the game. I don't know.
3: 26% of Miami's roster was added the week before the season started.
4: I I feel terrible for Brian Flores. The one thing I could I, maybe Belichick kind of throws him a bone and doesn't, you know, grind his face into it with it by running the score up, but Belichick has done that to teams and people over and oh, over. Belich and often, would never do anything and often against people that he previously worked with. Well, These teams enjoy it.
5: He, the people that he previously worked with have his number. I mean, m- many of the most embarrassing losses in his history are against his former coaches, including two last week. He they were not competitive with the Detroit Lions last year. They were not competitive with the Tennessee Titans last year. Eric
4: Mangini. I th- did so I think team?
5: if Flores had a little more juice, it, it might be a tougher uh, matchup. And it wouldn't shock me because it's the NFL and they have pride in the rosters. They have enough talent. Like it wouldn't shock me if Wait. if it's a moral victory and it's a 17 point game. Ryan Fitzpatrick played pretty well. I thought considering they lost 59
4: to 10. I mean, he played, I, I when Simple I watched it, I hear this. He played pretty well. I mean, <laughs> He has a problem. Feels like Mr. Roboto. It's like he's getting hired to do a job that no quarterback matter. would want here's a, here's to do. And a, then it, hold on, one more thing: Belichick in his press conference, and I know that this is all a farce, like telling Dolphin scribes over a, a press conference over the phone that Miami has so much talent that they can't get it all on the field at the same time. That is literally a quote that came out of his mouth. This week, about the Miami Dolphins. I mean, it is impossible to take... I
2: wish he had more to say about Antonio Brown. Uh, Very little to say on that. The latest um, drama around Brown, and you asked for his Patriots, here he is. Antonio Brown has been accused of rape and sexual assault stemming from three different incidents in 2017 and 2018. A lawsuit from Brown's former trainer, a woman named Brittany Taylor, claims that Brown sexually assaulted her twice during training sessions uh, and forcibly raped her in March 2018. Uh, there was now, of course, speculation, not a criminal charge. Usually the commissioner exemplars, which has been used when there's been a criminal case involved with the player. This is not a criminal case. It's a civil lawsuit. Uh, for that reason, uh, there, there is a belief that uh, Brown would be available to the Patriots. Now,
5: I don't think uh, anyone knows. And I think the Patriots are planning for him to play
2: the yeah. rap sheet, rap sheet reports. There's a quote, real chance. Antonio Brown plays week two, unless the NFL steps in.
5: Right. I think, Trying to predict what the NFL is going to do when it comes to discipline is a losing game. Uh, this this notion that okay, they use the commissioner's exempt list only with criminal cases. They basically they didn't make up the commissioner's exempt list, but they just started using it for the first time a few years ago. No one had really ever heard about it. They can do whatever they want, and I'm I'm I, I'm a little stunned that it seems like a perfect time for the league to step in, take it out of the teams hands and just let this thing play out.
3: Somebody's got to take it out of the team's hands because right. the depravity is getting a little too much. The Patriots
5: yeah. and the league have a
2: complicated relationship. As we know, I, I'm not saying that could play a, a factor in this, uh, but yeah, Bill Belichick, when it was asked about it, he didn't want anything to do with the conversation. And I would like to know personally, and uh, I guess the reports out there that the Patriots and had no idea about any of this before, before uh, acquiring Brown,
5: that's what we reported on NFL Network. Okay. All right. That's credible to me just because. But you, you say imagine, you don't know this. That nobody knows. Them, so, I don't know. Can you imagine I them giving that contract when they do know that's coming? It, it does seem like, okay, you have new information here, that the league has new information, the Patriots have new information, and that you sideline. Like, there's other ways to win. You know, I
4: I, mean? I I couldn't agree more. In with case. I, this, this is where the NFL could step in and but let's clear not, the let's, situation.
2: Let's not ask the NFL to do what the Patriots' job should be, You know, in my opinion, anyway. Sit the guy down. Let's figure out what's going on with the situation because it's pretty serious
3: charges. And, and if you are one of the unbelievably well, charged, many, but. many people still defending Antonio Brown, please take a look at these emails he sent out. I mean, this guy... I don't understand how anybody can defend this guy after the last year. I just don't know how he's still getting people to go to bat for him.
2: Um, All right. Any other thoughts
3: on the game? Uh, I think the concept of gradual decline is gradually declining. <laughs> <laughs> Why, based on that game? I th- Tom Brady would be number one in my quarter- quarterback index this week if I was doing one. He was f- his ball placement was impeccable last week. Julian Edelman is one of the toughest wide receivers I've ever seen. That guy's incredible, and I think the Patriots secondary might be the best position group in the NFL.
4: Uh, Josh uh, Gordon looked great,
5: too. That was a takeaway. If Jonathan Jones makes the leap, and he had probably the best game of his career, he's a slot cornerback who they gave a nice contract to. He's been a good story coming up as an undrafted guy the last few years. He was a monster, and and Chung... Kind of forget what happened with Chung. Chung's out there playing, doing Chung things last week. They have six guys right now that can just lock you down. I mean, it's the best defense. It should be the best defense that they've had since 2004.
3: Oh, and just for gets and shiggles, Dante Skarniecki is going to turn Isaiah Wynn into like the Dwight Stevenson of let, left tackles just because. <laughs> I,
2: if you're going to beat the Patriots, it's not, this is not rocket scientist, right? Rocket science. You got to go get Tom Brady because he is old and he doesn't like to be hit. And you beat him up and you give him a gimpy knee. And not that you're trying to do that. And we'll get to accusations of that in the Monday <laughs> night football game. Uh, you have to beat up the old man. If you let him sit back there, he's so talented as a passer. Uh, he's so smart knows football so well. You're dead. And I mean, that's
4: what been, happened to the Steelers. We've been saying that about stopping the Patriots week after week, month after month, and year after year. Well,
5: right, it's that whole thing. But it's that like, works. It's like, hey, Not if, if you're going to get pressure, if you can get pressure up the middle and get four, you know, with four, you're, you have a chance. Well, yeah, of course. That Like, every football coach has known that since the beginning of time. They want to get pressure with four and get it up the middle. But, like, you can't. No, Almost no one can. That Especially against a good
4: offensive line.
2: I think Dante Sarniecki is a better coach than Bill Belichick. How about that? <laughs>
4: Well, I'm getting in on that train.
2: <laughs> Hop on board. Put him in there's, the Hall of Fame. I mean, they're still building
4: that train. Put but Dante it, it, in. Dante ready. was the coach
5: under Rod Rust and Dick McPherson with uh, Raymond Claiborne on the field running Rod Rust around. Rod
3: porn star's name. Come on. <laughs> he went
5: 1-15, Rod Rust. <laughs> uh,
2: all right. Let's get into Sunday Night Football. Wait,
4: wait, wait a, minute a minute there, what? mister. We've what? Got Mark's number two game, Oh my San God. Francisco at Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Actually, this isn't a bad game this at all. This is a good game. pick. This is what you know. Oh, you want to pick a, a gem in the final rounds? That's going to spend the next eighteen years with a chip on his shoulder because he got picked last. <laughs> Niners at Bengals. How about How does that? that? Yeah, okay. I'm
5: not even going to try to. I think it is.
4: I think it's an, it's a fascinating game. It's it's Jimmy G, and they you know.
2: I'm not fascinated by Jimmy G anymore.
4: I am. Tr- this is my draft pick, so I'm going to do what you do and say, "What a great draft I've had! What a, why it's been so productive. We've we've bought a bunch of starters. We love our offseason. You know, the, I'm got to pump it up too." So, all right, I the Bengal. Well, here's the you thing: you basically drafted here's four four left tackles. The Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals could have last week. That that would not be the worst. I trade three of them because you don't have any. Got me. Hold on. So the Bengals <laughs> the Bengals last week could have all gone out and laid an egg, and it would have been like, this game would have zero, zero to me, attraction at all, because the Bengals, where I was with them two weeks ago, was not a good place. But they gave me a lot to look at and enjoy, and I watched, that was one of the games I covered last week, and so, not saying that I... This was at the top of my list going into this draft, but I'm happy to cover them again. And I thought Andy Dalton and Zach Taylor, there's a promising relationship there to the point where I'm willing to consider the idea that Andy Dalton, if this works, maybe is not someone they need. I've been saying replace him, replace him, replace him year after year. I'm a little concerned about Joe Mixon. Sounds like he will not be there potentially. And Giovanni Bernard, not a bad running back, but I would li- Mixon is a difference maker who paces that offense from the ground. I don't like that if he's not in there. And for me, you get, you finally in San Francisco after last year, one of the big issues, no turnovers, they couldn't do anything on defense. They need to do that. They need to continue what they did last week, which was caused total havoc for the Buccaneers and Jameis Winston with three interceptions, could have been more. And Andy Dalton turned the ball over twice last week. It was that he did not shake that. They still don't have A.J. Green. So when we talk about week one to week two, I want to see if there's any regression in what we saw from the Bengals on offense. But it was a very promising start.
2: You uh, you had it right last Sunday because you covered them last Sunday also when you go back and watch a game, they were a lot of fun to watch the, their ability to move the ball. And the, they absolutely Which they haven't been
4: in a long time.
2: They absolutely beat up on Russell Wilson, four sacks, nine hits and Wilson barely threw the ball. He only dropped back 24 times that from established the run and um, Evan Silva, who's killing it over there. Um, I, I think there's such a fun team to track and, and Jimmy G, although I just said that I'm not, I'm starting to get exhausted by when is this guy going to start playing? Like what everyone expected, uh, it's a nice test. He has to go to Cincinnati here and face a team that that played very well defensively last week. Uh, this if he has a really bad game in week two, people are going to really start ratcheting up the criticism of Jimmy G.
3: I think D Ford and Nick Bosa forced the Buccaneers into some bad plays last week, and they're facing a worse offensive line this week in Cincinnati. That's a problem. Uh, but I thought. To me, the Bengals' defensive line was more impressive than their offense. I don't think John Ross's uh, fluke plays are repeatable every week.
5: Hmm. Sam Hubbard was, you know, one of those players you could have had on your list of uh. Transform. He was on
3: my other names to watch great list.
5: Great, of- transformed the, a second year West Bengal alert defensive lineman and really helps complete what's a really strong starting group. And they have some pretty good depth. the The Forty Niners, on the other hand, I mean, they scored thirteen points on their own last week. So the the offense had a miserable game against the Buccaneers defense. And Dante
3: I mean, Pettis not playing, but two snaps.
5: Right, their young their young receivers. It's they're just looking for someone to step up, and they don't know who it's going to be. De- Debo Samuel, their rookie receiver, had the most snaps, but he only had two targets for thirteen yards. So they're just they're searching right
3: now. George Kittle looks every bit as good as last year. He lost a few big plays to penalties from teammates. Get Tevin, a win, get a also, win. This
5: team deserves to be one and one.
4: Tevin Cincinnati. Coleman out for a while. I'm that's,
5: not
3: sure Raheem Mostert isn't like how much better is Tevin Coleman than Raheem Mostert I
4: don't know if he's I don't a think li- it's like they they have better. probably what the, arguably the deepest backfield in the NFL where it seems like they can play and that's a Shanahan sort of trait. But it's
5: not anymore. I mean no McKinnon this year and now Coleman's gone that it definitely the star Our Boy Breed
2: has got to step up
5: Yes, he He will, though.
2: All right. Sunday night football. Let's get to it. The Philadelphia Eagles coming off that big second half uh, to take out the Redskins in their opener. Travel to Atlanta to face the Falcons, uh, who stunk out the joint in Minneapolis uh, in week one. Could not get anything going down. Twenty eight. Nothing. You know, put some lipstick on the pig at the end of the game. Mark, that's a That's an expression. I find it still works. One of the better expressions because you it, it evokes something immediately.
4: I mean, I think it was probably from a time when like eighty percent of the people that you knew were farmers. Everyone would kind of like they work with pigs right. on a day to day basis. It had a little more big pig, right? No one's uh, no. What are you trying up, to like, say? When's like they, the last time they often were used like lonely and and the pigs
5: served multiple functions or what's oh, going on?
3: No, I'm hey saying
4: <laughs> like if you're working with a pig all we're day, live. I, I think we get this. Like <laughs> no one here works in agriculture.
5: All right. <clears throat> Here we
2: go. So, yes, the Falcons, it's an important game, (laughs) an extremely important game uh, for the Falcons. And Dan Quinn, who's going to, the heat's going to turn up if if they lay another egg here in week two. Greg, um, do you expect the Falcons to bounce back on both sides of the ball in week two?
5: Offensively, I do. And defensively, I don't, which has been kind of the case for this team for a while. I just think it... It, it's so cliche to say, you know, you win up front and uh the yeah, Hey put pressure
2: up front and uh, you know get somebody in the quarterback's face.
5: But I don't know. You look at these <laughs> you look at these two matchups up front on both sides and you just think the Eagles are built with this solid foundation where Graham and Jernigan and, and Fletcher Cox are going to create problems for Atlanta. I think Atlanta's talented enough they'll still be able to move the ball. But on the other side, you've got Brandon Brooks back uh, from injury. You've got Jason Peters fully healthy. You've got a just a massive offensive line against what's a, kind of a finesse defense. Like It, it works when it's... The Seahawks, and you have that talent, and you have Pete Carroll, and you're up there with the 12s. But it it doesn't seem to be—it really has never worked on turf for Dan Quinn, except for in little five to six games stretch.
4: I thought the Eagles were one of the more resilient teams in Week 1, where they found their offense in themselves in the second half. And I thought Wentz, on the move, made some great throws. And we talked about it on the recap of that game last week, that— to Deshaun Jackson to me was a question. Mark. I will find out what we have in Deshaun Jackson. And he absolutely flipped that game entirely for Philadelphia and capsized the Redskins defense. And the Redskins defense came out of that game talking about how confused they were in the secondary. It's another one of these secondaries that couldn't figure out what was going on. I think the Eagles, are, I don't care if they're home or away, they're going to go in and they're going to score some points here against the Falcons.
3: They're the better team. And the Falcons, all those concerns that they had entering the season, it's like they just picked the scab in week one and made everything worse. The offensive line is even more concerning than we thought. The run defense and the lack of backbone even more concerning. And Isaiah Oliver starting at cornerback. That was Thielen beat him for that touchdown. They've been
5: a somewhat resilient team. Not not really, I guess at the beginning part of last year, but they have resp- like they've been a team that has responded. They know this is a big this is it feels like it's a bigger game for them, certainly than the Eagles, but than almost anyone. Because I, I could see the Falcons still being a playoff type of team, but you really do not want to get out to an 0 and two start.
4: I agree with Dan. I think and I, I think Dan Quinn is around the league people see Dan Quinn as one of the better coaches in minds. But if you go 0 and two, it's gonna be you're you're facing an uphill climb there.
2: All right, which takes us to Monday Night Football. Let's start, of course, with the news, yes. I just woke up and uh, I opened up the computer and uh, find out that Sam Darnold, the Jets' quote-unquote savior quarterback, um, is out for Monday night's game against the Brown because he has mononucleosis, more popularly known as mono. Uh, this is how Adam Gase uh, delivered the news to the public at his Thursday press conference.
1: And then 14 has mono and will be out for this game. So Trevor will be starting. And Luke Falk will get elevated at some point and be the backup. So that would be that.
2: Indeed, that would be that. Trevor Simeon is Trevor, who will now start against the Browns. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, as a Jets fan, it's absolutely Um, the level of pain involved with rooting for this franchise, it's just off the charts because you could deal with losing, losing a lot of teams lose. Um, But the way the jets exist and continue to exist as an organization, the way they invent new ways to crush you. I mean, what are the three I was thinking about this on the way up to the studio? What are the three most notable things about the jets in the past? Let's say, since we did start doing this podcast um, certainly it has nothing to do with their their play on the field. They've been nondescript. Uh, I would say the butt fumble, of course. I would say the linebacker breaking the starting quarterback's jaw. And I would say the starting quarterback and the guy that's viewed as the great hope getting mono and being knocked out for an extended amount of time, potentially. I don't think these things happen to any other team. I don't think, I think this is a uniquely Jets cosmic crush that um, people that support this organization have to deal with. And of course, the people that run the organization, uh, you know, Joe Douglas is probably thinking to himself, wait, what? This is what I, I, this wasn't supposed to happen to me. Well, it is. It's happening to you because you're employed by the jets and that, and that's the pain. And again, I've been thinking about it. My dad, after that bills loss, again, the losing, the losing's the losing teams lose. Jets blew a 16, nothing lead in their opener and lost 17, 16 setting their uh, season on a bad course. That, that's whatever. But when your quarterback gets mono, that's the Jets. And, and my dad texted on Sunday, I don't know how much longer I can do this, be a fan. Like, and I don't think he means he's actually looking at but just it's, it's wearing at, on him 50 years since Joe Namath won the Super Bowl. So for the first time this season, I did reach out to my dad and ask him if he would give his thoughts on what's going on with the Jets. And he did agree.
1: His name is Keith.
2: He's Dan's dad, no doubt about it, he's a big
1: Jets fan. What is he gonna say about the game today?
0: What is he gonna say about the game today?
2: Being a Jet fan is extremely tough. Season starting with a new coach, general manager, players, and even uniforms. There was high hopes for this season, and now. We're doomed from the start, in particular with Donald. There was high hope at quarterback that someone could lead us to the promised land of a winning season, perhaps. But it's all over after one game, which is unbelievable. Dad's upset, and all Jets fans feel the same way.
3: To compound the pain, Lev Bell getting an MRI on his shoulder Quincy Anuma out for the year with a neck injury. C.J. Mosley, who was, as Dan said in the recap last week, maybe the best player on the field in that game, had a groin injury. I don't know what the status of his groin is. He'll probably play, but who knows if he stays on the field. Or if he plays at the same level.
5: Well, the shape of their season has changed with this news. They're big underdogs against the Browns crazier things have happened than Trevor Simeon winning that game, but they're huge underdogs. And you got the, it's pa- off the board. You got the, the pa- yeah, you got the Patriots and, and you have a very tough five or six game they're done to start. They're done. I'm saying the shape yeah. changes now. So at some point, Darnold is coming and the back.
3: Schedule the next month is brutal. Right.
5: The, at right. some point, Darnold comes back and this is a team that's, you know, they're not, they weren't going to win the Super Bowl this year. And it's crushing to lose that, that hope for a relevant throughout season, right off the bat, if that's what happens. But they can still try to... They're going to have to just basically try to achieve goals when he's back. And if it's just in, in two games... And they start out one and four, then you're going to want to rally to get to 500. You know what I mean? That's, it's unfortunate, yeah, this but that's was, the rally. It was, rally. Never it was supposed to be a Super be Bowl a di- season. It was supposed to be a different type of shape to this season. Yes. That's the shape, if you're a Jets fan, because you need Darnold and Gase to work together and work well together. They did not last week, but it was only one week against a really uh, good defense.
4: I would say the one advantage to Darnold not being someone that's in his second year turning 26 or something, you know, you get these rookies that were in college for an elongated period of time. He's young. He's mono. Taysom Hill's getting it, Social it, Security. Well, it's like specifically like getting mono shows how young he actually is because you don't get mono when you're thirty some years old. <laughs> it is a young person's illness. But you know what? I saw immediately everyone's dropping because now if you're if you work in sports, you've got to start hitting up people with your mono jokes, and they're flying all over the internet, and we get it, and it's funny. But mono, like depending on is how it? the body takes it, cannot. It, I love how they're saying he might be back in two weeks. Most people that get mono and I don't know. People it could re- be
2: back next September. That's
4: the thing. It can knock yeah. you out. You're, it can, depending on how your body responds, it can knock you out for a long period of time. And then if you, you know, it affects the spleen. If your spleen gets hit, you've got a, a compound issues. So it is a serious illness. And I feel for you as a Jets fan. And I, it, I would say that on this podcast alone, we've talked about this matchup in a playfully competitive and not so playfully competitive way all offseason. It pours and cold water all over. It you. does, and yeah. in this people all hitting me up. Oh, are you like excited that this is the case? Absolutely not. You who would do that? I think, well, I think also from the <laughs> you know you, I I know that as a Jets fan, you're going to say the Jets have had the worst thing in life, but the Browns are up there in many ways. And I mean, it, like the cosmic uh, cruelty. There's a lot is of like I would say people has not had a quarterback start sixteen games. All right, but now you're hold Mayfield, on since so. 2001 and what happened to them last week was about as worst case scenario <laughs> right. as you could in- that uh, Dan okay. I'm not I'm not, not today way. mark
2: not today I'm not getting okay into this I'm not
4: I'm not actually yeah. trying to compete with you at all yes. on this I'm just saying that you're not rolling in against the new England Patriots here. And it's a, it's a very Brownsian thing too, to go into New York and lose to Trevor Simeon, who statistically there is pressure per game, on the Browns here. Now Per game yes. has the exact, if you go look at the statistical per game numbers between Trevor Simeon and Sam Darnold, they are ex- almost identical except for Sam Darnold's higher well, interception percentage. In. And I like, I'm just saying, and I Trevor, like Trevor, Trevor Simeon is not... You're not handing the... He's, he's, he at least has some starts under his belt. Yes. This is not a Cleveland rolls in they're back to, and wins 40-10 to scenario. You know scenario. where Cleveland
2: like, is in this game? They're back to where they were last week. They're, they're at home. They're on the road this week, obviously. But where everyone's expecting you to take care of business. And we saw what happened with the Browns last week when people expected. Everyone's going to expect the Browns to do it again. They and if, have if real they flaws. If the Browns lose... With all the injuries the Jets have, including the loss of the quarterback, the browns are in deep trouble, so yeah, I think it's one of those a lot a lot to lose, not much to gain, although getting back to one and one is is one and tangible. one is
4: fine, but I mean anyone actually watching the Browns would say that they have some serious flaws, and this is a total recipe for dropping an egg on Monday Night Football when everyone in the country now says, and they're taking it off the board, good for you. I mean, they like, no, handing back. them it back. They're just trying to figure out who you started. But Dan, separate from that, like I mean, I think that at least we can hit out at each other, but that's not really what I want to do at all. I think it sucks to be a Jets fan, and I grew up in that territory, and they've sucked since I was in middle school and before that, and it sucks to be a Browns fan for 98% of your life. So it's not one of these middle school arguments where you have a better than I do. It's a disaster. And the win, the loser of this game, even with Darnold in there is in a lot of hot water from a coaching and roster perspective. Yeah.
2: Browns can't lose this game. They need to get a win, especially now the way it's set up for him. Freddie Kitchens is going to catch a lot of heat. If they can't take care of business
3: here. state of Tremaine, Tremaine Johnson. I, I don't oh, know. stakes I don't know. The last time I saw a broadcaster do this, <laughs> Rich Gannon circled Tremaine Johnson, <laughs> then circled John Brown and said, this guy Can't cover this guy.
2: Mm. Yes. And Jermaine Johnson, lest we forget, is one of the highest paid cornerbacks in the entire National Football League. Thank you, Mike McCagnon. He will be cut loose after this year, barring some type of a miraculous turnaround in play. And the Jets are going to have to eat a lot of dead money to do it. But he has been a complete liability. The only reason he's playing is, A, that salary, and B, they don't have anybody else. It's a terrible secondary, which is why even if Darnold was there... I would obviously be rooting hard for the Jets, but I would feel really good um, about the Browns winning this game because I just think Darnold and uh, or Baker and all these weapons, they're going to carve up a Jets defense that is not that good and is woeful at the cornerback position. And you would think that with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, that they'll be able to pile up points here.
5: Yeah, I think the Browns, considering the score, didn't concern me that much in week one. I think Baker needs to get rid of the He's ball healthy. a little quicker. He made... Two of his best throws in that game pretty late in the game in, in the thir- in the late third quarter, another one in the fourth. So I'm not that worried about them, The the penalties and the sloppiness and losing your composure and kind of caving in at the end of the game. That doesn't seem like something that's going to happen each week. Their pass rush shouldn't be that bad. I don't think they got a Lemon in Olivier Vernon, but he had about the worst game you could possibly have a week ago. So I think Vernon and Miles, they have a pass rush. They have a quarterback. They should beat the Jets. They should be uh, a favorite, even with Sam Darnold. And, and now that he's gone, I, I do expect them to, to be the team that we expect.
4: I would just say beyond this game, though, and, and I'm allowed to be pessimistic, too, sure. about Cleveland, like with their line situation. they're They're about a six-win team, I think. I'm not ticketing them for if 11. If the line plays like that. I'm, I'm not pressured ticketing thir- them for 11 wins. Well, good wide receivers vanish when you cannot protect the quarterback. The they quarterback makes vanish. the
5: line, though, and they, he was pressured 13 times out of 45. It, he did a bad job taking some sacks, and he took a lot of sacks considering the total pressure. There was a lot of plays in that game. He's sitting back there, and he's waiting, and they haven't played a lot together, and the offense is a little different. And so it was his getting, worst game. Getting up just, to speed. I, I didn't think the tackles... There was worse tackle play across the league than the Browns had last year. Just
3: to put it in perspective, he was 20 for 27 for 250 yards and a touchdown by late in the third quarter, and then it all unraveled. Then it caved in.
5: Uh,
2: One last note connected to this game. Odell Beckham, nobody had spoken about him in 12 hours, so he decided to go (laughs) after Greg Williams, the Jets defensive coordinator. Uh accusing Williams of teaching dirty tactics to his player and saying something along the lines that Williams changed his career forever. I I guess he's referring to that preseason game
5: last Summer two summers ago, he's when he his about ankle,
3: when the opponents came up to him and said, "Greg Williams," told uh, this what, us yeah, this, this
5: is the Rams, yeah, the Rams Giants game where okay. a fight broke out because the the Rams were targeting him. I believe it was Odell's rookie. It character. was
3: obvious; it's on film. Right.
5: Oh yeah, it was happening. They were they were trying to hurt. And him. what Henry
3: Anderson did last week to Josh Allen ought to get some review too from Greg. Williams. I did see that. Yeah, come on, Greg Williams.
2: Uh, listen, he's a hard nosed football coach, defensive football, coach. also dirty. <laughs> I don't know. You think I'm going to defend Greg Williams? I'm not. Okay. Um, All right. That's it. That's the week two preview. The next time you hear from us, we'll be recapping all the games we just previewed. It's our Sunday night flagship show, which also will be streaming on video. So you make sure you check that out. The entire show will go up live uh, minutes after Sunday night football wraps uh, between the Eagles and Falcons. So check that out. Don't think yeah. I didn't notice the beard's back, Greg. the bird and the beard. Look. We'll see. It's you.
4: I mean it was here last week, wasn't it?
2: I know, but it's, it's like really you know it's growing. You know, but it's, it's
4: amplified. On social it media. It's amplified when he's yeah. dressed as a you know, a, a brown college brown university <laughs> professor as well. So <laughs> I'd take it.
2: I'd take it. A little graduate. Uh, a little like vampire weekend basis to look going on. All
5: right. Yeah. How about like a Victorian novels? Let's have a little middle March. Maybe some. Can Russian we get in tight? In does the
2: cameras have the capability to get in tight on Greg's beard? Because middle March. Meticulous. Please. Please. No. March. <laughs> All
5: right. That's it.
2: Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening and watching. You're the best in the world. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the bearded old boss. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. She predicted a Randall Cobb comeback season. Yeah, she I told did. Till Sunday Damn. night.